welcome to Block in the Back. On this podcast, we chat about all things Dynasty Fantasy Football from leagues to rankings. Now don't turn your back, square up and get ready to have some fun and get your teams to a championship with your hosts, Tyler Fish and Ryan Paulish. Welcome back to Block in the Back. I'm here alongside Ryan Week four is just around the corner. We're here to break down top 12 at each position, surprises, and is it going to last? Ryan, I see you're putting in a, a big chew there. How you doing, bud? Doing better now. Hey, been a couple weeks. Last week, I was actually at a work conference in Nashville. Um, I definitely learned a lot. Um, had a lot of fun, too. Uh, more so the fun, probably. But that was my first time to Nashville, actually. That was absolutely incredible never seen such such a thing so many bars and so little a space it's pretty pretty unique with all the bands and everything there's not a bad band down there but we are back this week going over the top 12 we're not just gonna break down each each person at each position we're gonna kind of name off that top 12 and let's try to identify the surprises who we think is there to stay who is gonna definitely be booted out of there in the next couple weeks so looking forward to this week tyler yeah, I've never been to Nash Thrill, but I heard nothing but good things. And if you like country music, that's kind of where you got to be, right? It's actually, I was somewhat surprised because it was less country music than I thought. The bands are kind of diverse. They played a lot of country music, don't get me wrong. But there was a lot of rock in there. They played some old school stuff, new school stuff, some pop. Like the bands, it wasn't like per band either. It was like one band could play everything. It was, so it was pretty cool. You just kind of request your song. It's almost like a a live jukebox except really really freaking expensive so but it was cool it was a cool experience that's for sure good stuff i saw your snapchat story and uh you were you were enjoying yourself that's good i was I like totally to sober tyler leave me alone <laughs> <sighs> nothing wrong with that right uh we're gonna start off with quarterbacks here and really just identify what the heck's going on here? And uh, I think some more pitch, like the other positions are definitely a little bit, you know, I think there's more to talk about, but uh, your top 12, as of now, the first three weeks of the season, now very, very small sample size, right? So we're here to kind of identify um, maybe is that, you know, is this trend going to continue for some, but our top 12 right now, number one, Tom Brady, two, Kyler Murray, three, Patrick Mahomes, Four, Kirk Cousins. Five, Jalen Hurts. Six, Josh Allen. Seven, Matthew Stafford. Eight, Lamar Jackson. Nine, Derek Carr. Ten, Daniel Jones. Eleven, Russell Wilson. And Sam Darnold at number 12. Ryan, just, you know, just briefly looking at that top 12, what really jumps off the page right away? Just you looking at that. Right out of the gates, one of the top ones to me is Kirk Cousins being so far up there at QB4 on the year. Um, I mean, he's always been a solid option at quarterback for fantasy football, though, but nothing like this. Um, He's been all around that top 12 area, top 15 in his past seasons. And I think having all these weapons at his disposal is only helping him and with that defense not being so great either. I think they're one and two this year, and the offenses look great in all three games. It's really on the defense, but it's making them score points, which is good for your fantasy football team. So Kirk Cousins being that high, I don't know. I think that might be a little bit fake news, but I don't know if he's going to go that much further down, though. Like Josh Allen, I can see sneaking up there. Um, Somebody like Matt Stafford, Lamar Jackson, those kind of players with that rushing upside. 
Um, could maybe push him down a little bit. But I think Kirk Cousins in the top 12 is here to stay as long as that defense isn't playing well. I mean, let's not forget that Kirk Cousins has some of the best weapons in the NFL than Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, right? Then a pleasant surprise, uh, K.J. Osborne, a, a nice pleasant surprise is the, you know, the wide receiver three. You know, I think some people thought uh, that the rookie out of Iowa might kind of sneak in. Uh, I can't even think of his name. Um, the rookie wide receiver out of Iowa. But he hasn't really – uh, seen many snaps. And I, I love looking at the snap percentages. Uh, you're really able to identify some outlier. If somebody's getting monster targets on little snaps, you know their time could be coming and they're, you know, wanting to get them the ball. That was the case with Rondell Moore after week one. And then we, we were calling for it, you know, big time week two, week three kind of faded off. Um, the one that jumps off the page the most for me is Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones is sitting at quarterback 10. You know, you just look at his stats because you're like, you, you know, you're following the NFL and you're like, Daniel Jones has not been throwing the ball that well. 782 yards and two touchdowns to no interceptions. What does he have? He has 161 rushing yards and two touchdowns, which has kind of vaulted him into um, relevance there. <laughs> There's no way Daniel Jones keeps this up, uh, in my opinion, especially Sterling Shepard just went down, I believe, with a hammy. Um, I think Slayton was out. So, so it, this is your time to shine, Rye. This is if, if there was any time for Kadarius Tony to see the field and see some action and prove that he can play, now is the time to step up. I know we're not talking receivers here, but it, first off, is Daniel Jones going to stay in the spot? And second off, do you think Tony can capitalize or is he just not quite ready? Um. Kind of a loaded question here. So I think the reason, I mean, like you said, Daniel Jones, a lot of fantasy football is that rushing upside. Now that's like the day and age that we're living in is that rushing upside for QBs is going to get you and propel you to that top 12. Um, if you can do it on a consistent manner. And Daniel Jones has actually been pretty good on the, on the ground his whole career. Um, but I don't think he's going to be good enough for that giants offense is going to be good enough in general for him to stick in that top 12. So I guess we'll see where that goes. As far as Kadarius Tony, I don't know if Slayton is even out for this week, for week four, if that's been ruled yet, or Shepard, to be honest with you. But if they both are, this would be – I mean, he's going to get the snaps, I, I would assume. Um, he got two targets, two catches last week. So, I don't know. I mean, you would think he would capitalize off of this. Evan Ingram is back, which kind of helps Tony, I would I would think. So, And Kenny Galladay is still there. So, I would I would hope – I would hope Tony can at least be a little bit better. I don't think he's ready to go off or anything like that. And I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll maybe get to that a little bit later. But one guy that I also saw who I think is going to stay, he's just on the borderline right now, but I think he's going to stay in that top 12 is Sam Darnold. Now, we both said that we think Sam Darnold can sling it a little bit. Last year, we just got to get out of – the, the, the Gase's fingerprint and thumbprint there, get out from under the thumb and let Darnold sling it, get him some weapons, and look at what he's, look at what he's doing now. Panthers are 3-0. and He's playing really well. He has DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey. He's hurt now, but he did. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Darnold is here to stay. I think he can play. I think he's got good coaching around him and good weapons, and I can see him finishing as, like, QB 10 this year. That's who, that's who kind of sticks out because he's been so 
so iffy the last few years, but we knew he's only 24 years old too. Let's not forget that where he can turn himself into quite the dynasty asset. If he can make that top 10 this year. You know, if you were somebody, especially Superflex, and you were a Darnold owner or you went out and got Darnold, I think you're, you're really happy with what you've seen. And like you said, some of the greatest young weapons in the game there, I mean, he has looked in control I mean, he, he looks comfortable in that offense. You're right. Anything with the Jets is just horrendous, and with Gase especially. But I'm glad he kind of – is. could this be revitalizing his career? I think so. I, I think he's doing a really nice job. He's fun to watch. Um, after, after, seeing the one, the Jets, after seeing the Jets right now this year, so I'm almost wondering if it wasn't quite all Gase. Holy good Lord, they're bad. They are bad. That's They're a very lot bad. Of interceptions and coming out of that rookie early in his career. That can't be good for the mental game, that's for sure. For sure. And the one guy that's not in the top 12 who is going to get himself there um, is Justin Herbert, uh, is currently sitting at 13. Uh, Dak Prescott's currently at 15. Uh, I think both those guys will sneak in to um, the top 12 there, and I'm not concerned at all. Uh, Dak had that amazing week one and then kind of struggled. Um, I would agree with Herbert. both of those. Who do they, who do yeah. they push out? Who, who would they push out though? You think like, who would they push out? I, I think Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones gets pushed out. Um, I think Derek Carr gets pushed out as well. Um, and you know, the Eagles, you know, I'd want to say Jalen hurts, but like you said, it's that rushing upside. The rushing upside is, is killer. It's got Jalen hurts at quarterback number five right now, you know, and, um, it's it just, it's makes for a great floor. Here's the, here's the thing with Hertz. Remember when we did our projections a couple of weeks ago and I did not have him in the top 18 and I got a little guff from some of our, some of our listeners and you really. And what was my reasoning behind that? Because I don't know if he's going to be on a long enough leash to, to play the whole season. If the Eagles are going to be terrible and if he's not going to prove that he's any good, that was my reasoning behind that. Not, because I think he's not a great fantasy asset while he's in, but we were doing full season top 12 and he has not looked good other than week one. He played really well. These last two weeks have not been good at all. So we'll see where that goes, but while he's playing with that rushing floor. Yeah. He's, he's a top 12 guy for sure. I don't see him getting benched. Like I had mentioned on a couple pods ago, like I think he's their guy, you know, they, they I don't really have anybody else. You got Flacco. I'm, I'm not counting on Flacco stepping in. Oh, no, the Minshew that. madness is coming back, Tyler. Don't worry. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, any other QBs you want to chat about before we move on to the next position? Um, just going through the list. I mean, we expected Stafford to be there. We expect Allen. We expect Lamar Jackson. Derek Carr. I mean, right now it's those middle ground tight ends that we wait on in those standard leagues or or even in some dynasty leagues when you're waiting on QB it's the Stafford I mean Tannehill hasn't really done much but Darnold Derek Carr those guys have shown pretty good stuff so far this year so that's that's good to see on those people who waited on QB yeah you've got to be happy with that let's take a peek at running backs coming up here and you know I've seen a lot of people posting screenshots of their team and where their team currently sits and they've got some pretty big name guys on there. Uh, Cause some of the list is, is a little out there, man. It really is. And I, I'm hoping you got the same list up as me. 
but I don't think many people predicted some of these guys sneaking in here. But number one running back, Derrick Henry. Number two, Aaron Jones. Number three, DeAndre Swift. Number four, Christian McCaffrey, although he's going to fall out now that he's not playing. Number five, Austin Eckler. Number six, Najee Harris. Number seven, Kareem Hunt. Number eight, Ezekiel Elliott. Number nine, Cordero Patterson. Number 10, Nick Chubb. Number 11, Jamal Williams. And number 12, Alvin Kamara. So that's your current RB1s. Now, very, very small sample size. And if you're you're here listening and saying, well, these guys aren't going to be the ones that finish. Okay, that's fine. We're chatting about this, right? I mean, um, there are some guys that I think have a chance to stick. There are some guys that... um, that are playing poorly right now that you might be worried about. And we're here to reassure you. So that is the current top 12 running backs on the season through week three. Um, what jumps off the page to you, right? Obviously I think the, the glaring hole in this whole thing is Cordell Patterson. Um, nobody expected that people kind of expected Mike Davis after what he did last year to kind of take the reins and Cordell Patterson actually looked pretty solid when I watched one of the Atlanta Falcons games. I mean, he, he runs hard, and one of the—I mean—the keys to these running backs, though, it's like the quarterbacks. In this day and age, you want the rushing upside. With running backs, you want that receiving upside. That's what—that's what's going to set you apart to be the RB one. And look at who the top people are, other than Derrick Henry, who has just been himself, I suppose. But um, Aaron Jones catches the ball. DeAndre Swift catches the ball. McCaffrey catches the ball. Eckler catches it. Najee Harris had 13 freaking targets last week. Kareem Hunt catches the ball. Zeke, not bad at catching the ball, but great on the ground. Patterson catches the ball. Nick Chubb, one of the best runners. Jamal Williams, runners. Elvin Kamara catches the ball. Like, the majority of these guys are PPR guys. And I think that's why you're seeing Cordell Patterson there. Do I think he's going to stick there? I don't. I mean, if they're going to continue to use him in this capacity, I can see him as an RB2, like a mid-RB2 guy. But you're going to see guys like Joe Mixon up there. I can see Antonio Gibson getting up there. Delvin Cook missed a week. David Montgomery could get up there. So there's some guys that will be coming. Saquon Barkley is way down the list right now after that slow start. So there'll be some guys pushing for that RB1 who are PPR guys more than Cordell Patterson as as far as skill level goes for sure. Yeah, the one thing that really – yeah, obviously Patterson jumping off the list. We told you – I had mentioned after week one, I said, you got to go pick him up right now because his usage – was good. And we went over his player profiler and check out that episode. We, we spent a good five minutes on Patterson in that episode. Um, but just looking at this list right now, I had mentioned, and I couldn't sneak it in when we had Duchesne's on, but I, I had kept mentioning DeAndre Swift will finish as the top scoring running back. Right? I actually, I, thought I might've said top three. Um, I said it multiple times to you, um, but look at where DeAndre Swift is at. And I, I changed my course because early on prior to the season, like way early summer, I said, there's no way DeAndre Swift is, I, I'm not touching him because his team's going to stink. Boy, re, I, terrible thinking on my part because what happens, he's getting so much receiving work in PPR. He's an absolute monster right now. So his stat line right now through three games, and he's been splitting the ball with Jamal Williams. He's or splitting snaps. DeAndre Swift, 33 carries for 123 yards and a touchdown. Here's the best part. 19 catches for 166 yards and one touchdown. He has 23 targets, trailing only, I believe, Najee Harris, who had like a ridiculous number last week, 18, 19 targets. I don't know what it was. 
DeAndre Swift, I, I'm really, really liking him. And it's going to be hard to go trade for him now. I, I scooped him in one league, um, but he could be a potential league winner for where you drafted him. And that's the guy that jumps off the page the most to me. He made a big-time leap. He's getting the ball a ton. In PPR, he could win you a league. That's my guy because where you got him in drafts, um, you know, you didn't, you didn't take him with your, your round one pick, right? He was more a little bit later. That's the guy that jumps off the page to me. I, I think he's a league winner this year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. He's been fantastic. And, I mean, I, I, I love Swift. I love, we both loved him coming out. And we didn't love that he went to the Lions. And we were a little bit skittish with him, with the Lions this year. But, I mean, like you said, look what they're doing. They are feeding their, their guys the ball. Other than this week, Hawkinson's had a great year. Um, Swift and, and Williams are in the top 12. Like, they're getting their players the ball. They don't have really any wide receivers, so they're just getting everybody else involved just that much more. And I don't really see Swift going anywhere at this rate, to be honest with you. Um, another guy that kind of jumps off the page for me, I don't know if Jamal Williams will stick in that top 12. That seems a little bit iffy just because of the, the PPR guys right behind him. Like Kamara is going to move up. He's in the top 12 anyway, but Joe Mixon, all those guys I just talked about, I think they're going to knock Williams out. But um, another one that I, that, that you actually called Tyler, we both had him in our top 12 projections is Austin Eckler is off to a hot start. That is, that is really nice to see. He's looking back to form how he was before that injury last year and kind of how he finished the season last year um, with all those targets that he was getting out of the backfield with that Herbert, Herbert at QB and, Eckler back to form. He's uh, off to a great start. I had Eckler decently high in my rankings, and I wanted to push him higher. Uh, you know the the potential in, or the injuries that he had last year. Then there was camp rumblings, and the camp rumblings were, you know, oh they're going to use a committee, and it's like why? Eckler's a beast. Why would you use a committee? And they have not used the committee as much as people would have thought uh, who else is there Justin Jackson and Roundtree those guys are not seeing as many snaps especially last week when I was watching and just following that game Eckler was the guy and if you're starting he ended up scoring like 24 points I think in PPR you know I have him in a league or two so I was very happy Eckler very very happy feed him the ball he had like six seven catches in the first half alone so I was jacked about that I think we could start to see the Najee Harris breakout. Uh, I mean, this week he's got Green Bay. I know that line stinks, but if he's going to get – he's obviously not going to get that many targets. Uh, Deontay Johnson was out. But Najee Harris, th that team stinks. Ben stinks. Ben is going to dump off the ball a ton. He has 20 catches on 27 targets. Um, that's a guy that I know he had a rough couple of first weeks, but hold on to him there are good games coming for him. And I think one, he could have a monster game at green Bay. Well, what's, what stands out to mo the most to me is his line's not going to just automatically get better overnight. What stands out most to me is that they're putting in the effort to utilize him and get him the ball in different ways. Like you said, all those targets. And that is great to see. I think he had a decent amount of targets in week two too. Like they understand that he might not get it rolling how you want to on the ground, but let's get him into space. Let's have him run those, right up the middle and running in or things like that, or those check down, just get him the football because he is one of the best players on your team. So it's nice to see that they're actually putting that effort in, unlike some other teams like Philadelphia and, and Miles Sanders. 
or so, sometimes out of the out of the backfield with passing with Joe Mixon, things like that, where you get so frustrated because they're really talented players, but you just they're not getting them the ball in the areas that you think that they should be. That's not the case with Najee Harris. He said they saw one thing wasn't working. Now we're going to move on to the next, but we're still going to continue to get you the football. That's one of the things that really stood out watching those games for me is in going forward is they're going to continue to try to get him the football any way that they can. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I drafted him in a league, and if you drafted Najee Harris in the second round, you're going to start to see the rewards coming here uh, in you know the next few weeks. Let's, uh, Ryan, any other running backs you want to chat about? Yeah, I want to go down beyond the top 12, Tyler. I'm going to name off a couple guys. I want you to tell me if you are worried or not worried or if you think they're going to get in the top 12 or not, um, either midway through the season or by the end of the season. So we're going to start out right out of the gates here and go, I know it's your boy, Jonathan Taylor. Um, we'll go another one with Miles Sanders. Let's take uh, it one at a time here. Okay, uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, are you worried or no? I am not worried about Jonathan Taylor. He was very, very efficient with his touches that he got. Hines is taking touches, but I am not worried about Jonathan Taylor. Has not punched one in the end zone yet, right? That's, so, what's, that's what's killing him, yeah. Right. That's holding him back, so stay patient. Good games are coming for Jonathan Taylor in that offense. Just I, Even though Quentin Nelson, I believe, fractured his ankle, uh, I know that's frustrating, but hang on tight. You're probably not going to get any decent offers for him anyways, but there are good football games coming. The uh, one thing that I did look at, too, is he has a pretty nice schedule coming up, too. I think it gets easier for him, which is nice. So next guy up, and you don't, I know you don't think he's going to make the top 12 because we already did this, but Miles Sanders. So he's down there pretty far in the, in the RB20s, do you think? Are we worried about him staying there? Or do you think he's going to be a high-end RB2? What are, we, what are we thinking with Sanders? I was also, watching. Also, uh, what in the freaking hell was up with week three? Two carries? That, that just, is more concerning. <laughs> that is just stupid. I can't believe that. I don't know what the heck was going on with that game. And I know they, they got down early, but you got to establish the run. And, I actually, I owned Gainwell in a league, and I was forced to start him in an 18-team guillotine league, and he didn't touch the ball hardly at all. I think he had two snaps in the first half. Sal Pal, shout out to Sal Pal, Sal, Sal Pal Antonio, he had said that Kenneth Gainwell, by the end of the year, um, is going to have a major role in that backfield. That's not going to take much when you give Miles Sanders the ball two times. I, I was so disappointed with that Eagles team because on paper, they are much, much better than that. Uh, they just can't seem to get it going. And am I worried about Sanders? I, I never really liked him this year, and so I'm probably not the guy to ask. But that, that's very frustrating if you're a Sanders owner and he's not touching the ball. That's just that's poor coaching. Yeah, that's what I thought too, especially when – and I am a Sanders owner, and I'm, it's not, I'm not really expecting a whole lot of him, or I really wasn't. And I, I'm kind of down on him too just because of his usage. But – Holy Christ was there. I mean, you're only at one point they're down seven Oh and they haven't ran the ball yet in like three possessions or now they're down like 10, nothing, whatever it was. I watched that game. Then they went down 10 or 10, nothing, or they tied the game at sevens maybe with that strip sack on deck in the, in the end zone. And they're still not running the football. It was like three possession, four possessions straight when they didn't even run the football at all. And it was just like, what are you guys doing? Because Hertz obviously could not find a rhythm. He was 
not impressive whatsoever. It was just unbelievable. I am worried about Miles Sanders because even when they are running the ball, he's with his rushes and receptions, he's only getting like 15, 16 touches a game, which is a little bit concerning to me. Um, he's not DeAndre Swift where you can make it happen and be RB2 with those kind of touches. Um, I think Swift has a little bit more than that, but still. Sanders is concerning to me. Next guy, Barkley. Concerned? Where are we, where are we looking with Barkley? No, because my expectations were, were very small coming in. And I was saying, we, we were saying preseason, avoid him. But if you do take him, you're expecting him for the second half of the season. He's still getting his legs under him. That's an ACL injury, man. And this is why when you offered me Dobbins this week, I know Dobbins is going to start off slow next year. It's just you can't expect people to come back from ACL tears and dominate like AP did. That was absolute anomaly. Like it just does not happen. I, I don't know what to think of Barkley. I, I do think that he does put together some better games coming up here. He's still getting his legs under him, but I, I was steering away from him in drafts. Yeah, I, I was too, unless it was a decent deal. You know, if he, if he slid from everybody else too, then I would, I would draft him. I had him in one startup league that, that I was in. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think he's getting his legs under him. He looked better last week, um, looked pretty explosive. So I think he's going to continue to get better. The thing that concerns me is, I mean, the Giants just aren't very good, but they haven't been good when he was RB1 a couple of years ago either. So I, I think he's going to be better. I don't think he's like top five this year. By, by any means, as far as a finish, just because of the slow start. But I think he's going to get into that top anywhere from 12 to 8 range is kind of my where I'm thinking for, for Barkley. So I'm not super worried at least where he's at right now. He'll, he'll get better from there. Um, Delvin Cook was out last week, so that doesn't really count. Uh, what about but David? I do want to mention Madison. Is Madison not a top 20 running back in this league? Oh, he's freaking good. He's really good. As soon as Cook was out, it's like an automatic start if you have Madison. Because we've seen it before. The guy, the guy is freaking good. Was very, very surprised. Watching him run the football, he runs hard. Um, there, He's one of the better running backs in the league. He's a great handcuff. I saw this the other – I think it was Alvin Ryan with Tony Pollard. Can you imagine – you need to go trade for Tony Pollard now. Because when Zeke goes down, Pollard is going to eat. Pollard has looked fantastic so far. He runs hard. He's elusive. Honestly, and I know you're a big Zeke guy, he looks better than Zeke. He really does. They do different things, I think. But you can tell, like, the difference of pace of play when Pollard is in. Like, he's just faster to the edge. He's got, like, that five-yard burst is a lot quicker. And, yeah, like you said, his elusiveness side-to-side is better. He's good at catching the ball in the backfield. All things that Zeke is good at, but Zeke is more of that guy that you're not going to see him go juke a couple people five yards from the line and get an extra three. You're going to see him lower his shoulder and get that extra three. So it's kind of just – it's almost the perfect one-two punch as far as an NFL football team goes. Like it's a, it's, they, get, they have it pretty good over there in Dallas right now. I do want to bring up one guy, uh, not in the top 12. This is more of just the reaction. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, prior to last week, had struggled so bad, I don't think he had a run over, I can't remember the stat on the TV, uh, he hadn't had a run over 10 or 20 yards, I can't remember which one it was, dating back to like last November. 
like the, or maybe it was October guy has struggled. And then last week he fumbled and I thought he was going to go in the doghouse. I thought they were like going to be done with him for a while. He ended up putting together a decent game. What do you think of Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Because, you know, there were higher expectations for him. And right now, I, I, oh God, would you, I'd rather Dobbins over him, I think. And Dobbins is hurt and I'm in dynasty settings. What, what are the feels on CEH? Oh, I agree with you completely. Like I, I, if I, as a Dobbins owner, I guess, so say in a different league, I would give up CEH. Like I would give a CEH in like a second to go get Dobbins compared to what C. I'm just not huge on him. What sucks. And I'll never make this freaking mistake again is I bought into the hype. I think he was my RB six coming into the coming into the NFL draft last year. And I bought into the Twitter crap. I bought into the chiefs. I bumped him all the way up to like number two and he's done. I mean, he had an okay rookie year. It was, it was fine. Rookie running back. You're not expecting a whole lot, but he hasn't done anything this year either. That's just, I wasn't that high on him to begin with. I bought into all the shit. And now here we are. He's not, he's not that good. He really isn't. And just cause he went to the chiefs doesn't freaking mean Jack apparently. Cause I don't know. I'm just not high on CEH. I'd much rather Dobbins by like a long shot. Yeah, I just had to bring it up because I know CEH owners are kind of at their wits end if it wasn't for that game last week where he kind of put together a decent showing. So very, very difficult times if you're a CEH owner and if you drafted him at, you know, that second overall pick in rookie drafts, you're probably you're kicking yourself in the butt because he has not looked fantastic. He's not really getting the receiving volume and uh, just has not been a good football player for your fantasy team. So I, that's all I got for running backs. I just want to sneak him in there. Uh, anybody else you want to chat before we move on to receivers? I think I'm good. One last one. Antonio Gibson's out there at like RB 17. What are we thinking of Gibson? You know, I, it's tough because they're not scoring the ball as much and that, you know, with, McKissick stealing the spotlight in week two with a touchdown. Gibson is just not scoring the touchdowns he was. He was scoring touchdowns at a ridiculous rate. I think he had 12 on the ground last year. I, a, I don't lot people, a lot of people did me, say that too that I listened to on podcasts. Like, be careful on Antonio Gibson. He had a pretty high touchdown rate. Just careful. And now with – I feel like Fitzpatrick going down definitely does not help because you kind of lost that deep threat of passing and Heineke's not a terrible quarterback don't get me wrong but he's not that gunslinger like Fitzmagic was I think Antonio Gibson will be a I think he'll be high-end RB2 but I think I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith at that that RB1 because you gotta you have to be pretty consistent to be an RB1 you have to put together a full year of being pretty dang good and I just don't know if he's got it in him if, if people are gonna be stealing the show and we got Heineke at the helm he is a good football player, and that, that touchdown reception he had last week was was pretty sweet. But you're right. Without that, like, without that, he scores like three points, though. Like, we're having a completely different conversation. Yeah, but that's it's so hard to do that. I mean, you take away everybody's big play, and their stats suck. I mean, it, you know, that is tough. That's like taking away Melvin Gordon's 75-yard run. You extrapolate oh, that. Yeah, that was lucky as shit. It looks like part. garbage. <laughs> he does i agree that's that's why i'm not super high on him it's like god he had the one good run i'm just waiting for him to not have that for four weeks in a row and then we're gonna have a again a completely different conversation so 
I'm good on RBs, Tyler. All right. Let's take a look at wide receivers. And then we'll finish up with the tight ends. Taking a look at wide receivers here. A few different names at the top of the list here. And that nobody had these guys in their top 12 wideouts. But let's take a peek. We got Cooper Cup coming in at number one. Mike Williams at two. Tyler Lockett at three. Adam Thielen at four. Devontae Adams at five. Brandon Cooks at six. Chris Godwin at seven. Debo Samuel, eight. Justin Jefferson, nine. DJ Moore, 10. Jamar Chase at 11. And Keenan Allen at 12 with Tyreek Hill right behind him. 0.1 points behind him. That is the current top 12. What stands out to you? All of it? <laughs> Where do I freaking start? Holy cow, has it been a heck of a three weeks for the wide receivers? I mean, to tell me Cooper Cup was going to be wide receiver one, I knew the offense was going to be good. I didn't expect, like, Bobby Trees to be completely, like, taken out of the game plan, apparently. Um, Stafford and Cup obviously have a pretty special thing going on right now. I don't – I don't. I mean, I don't see him being number one wide receiver, but that's just me playing it safe. Too. Um, I think he'll be a wide receiver one at this rate with the uses he's getting. I think that's almost a lock at this point. Um, Mike Williams, he's starting to look like a wide receiver one to me. We talked about this, and Tyler, you said that this was one of your dark horses to be a wide receiver one, and that is looking pretty damn good right now. The way that he is being used in that offense, he is being peppered with targets. He is the red zone threat. He's making the big plays. We have a full year of Herbert going on, another offseason with Herbert. It's starting to come together for Mike Williams where we're talking about that Devontae Parker fifth-year breakout out of Mike Williams right now. And he looks good, man. We talked about he had a, he's had a 1,000-yard season. He's had a different season with 10 touchdowns. Can he put it together? This might be it right here. This might be the perfect storm. So, I mean, those are a couple guys that right out of the gate. Now, do I expect Mike Williams to be number two? I don't think so, but I think he's top 10 the way that he's being used in scoring touchdowns. Um, Tyler Lockett, I think DK Metcalf is going to start to start to come on a little bit. Tyler Lockett had those huge plays, which is what he does, but he also has games with 30 yards as well. So we're just waiting on that. But those are just a couple guys on the top three who stand out right away. So what, what do you think about those guys? I do want to say it's just very, very early to judge pass casters. But you take a look at this, and you're absolutely right. I mean, Mike Williams, what's his kryptonite is can he stay healthy for this? And knock on wood, if he can, he's got a chance for a special season. He's put together the yardage one year, and he's put together the touchdowns one year. You put them both together, and you got a hell of a season. The other guy, I, I did not expect Cooper Cup, and I, I know you already talked about him, but I thought Bobby Trees was going to be the guy in that offense. Turns out it's Cooper Cup. I, this sucker right here, just got eliminated from a guillotine league because Calvin Ridley totally let me down. 18-team guillotine league, by the way. Ridley let me down. Woods let me down. And Pitts have let me down so far. And those I just struggled to score because three of my – decently high picks really really struggled so not happy with those guys Brandon Cooks you called out your dark horse there he's getting just absolutely peppered with targets it doesn't matter if it's Davis Mills it doesn't matter if it's Tyrod Taylor 
It doesn't matter if it's Deshaun Watson, okay? And we're not going to see him this year. But he is getting absolutely peppered. He is. Um, very, very happy. You've got to be just stoked if you grabbed him late in a redraft league. because I, I have him in like four leagues right now, and it's fantastic. I ended up with him almost in every league. I, I just like, oh, Brandon Cooks is there. I'm going to take him. I want the targets. Uh, he's phenomenal, man. Can he keep this up? I think he can. Um, I think he's going to be – I thought he was, you know, a high wide receiver too. I don't think he finishes as a wide receiver one. The team is too bad and something bad's going to happen. But you've got to be extremely happy if you drafted him the way you did. We have him in our uh, co-owned podcast league where a bunch of different sport podcasts are in the same league, and we grabbed him in that league. We are currently 3-0 and in that league and feeling pretty good about our team. So he's like our second flex option too, and he's at wide receiver six. So that definitely helps the, the case there for us. Um, Adam Thielen, Tyler, he's coming in at wide receiver four. People told me that he is not going to score that many touchdowns again. He is getting old. He is on our home league dynasty team. I couldn't get rid of him for two second round picks, Tyler, and he's currently sitting at wide receiver four. I tried. (laughs) I tried to get rid of Adam Thielen. Thank God I didn't because he's back again, man. He is the red zone threat. And that offense right now is just looking stellar in general. They can support two wide receivers, I think. So here we are again, going to probably say that this is unsustainable for Adam Thielen, but at what point do you just think this is what he does? I'm wrong. I've been wrong on Adam Thielen the last two years. Uh, You know, two years ago I said you sell his butt right now because there's, you know, the downslide is coming. We haven't seen it yet. That offense is awesome. So it doesn't matter if you have Jefferson, doesn't matter if you have Thielen, they're both going to be very good fantasy players for you this year, as long as they're healthy. The one guy I did want to mention for the people out there that were hating on Jamar Chase, he looks fantastic. He looks great. Uh, Four touchdowns already. And I know, you know, he only has 11 catches. So it's like you take away those red zone things, but no, I'm not doing that. Right. He has looked good against uh, one-on-one coverage. He looks like he's got some good bursts, good separation. He had, uh, I think we talked about him a couple weeks ago on the pod where he had Patrick Peterson like spinning around, like chase looks good. He looked garbage in the preseason you throw out and he's going to only get better. Um, you know, I am am struggling in a dynasty league right now. Uh, my team looks fantastic on paper. Okay. And I have Devonte Adams and I'm on three right now. And I have some, really really good talent and i should almost post it on there because it's it's unbelievable but i'm on three and i have adams and i reached out to um the guy i was going to swap adams for lamb the guy didn't want to do it and so then he has chase and just for fun i brought chase into the conversation i'm like what about chase you know didn't want to do it and this is kind of a rebuilding guy so he he didn't want to he wouldn't even do and i was never going to offer this but He didn't want to do chase for Adams straight up. That is the reality right now. And and people get on their high horse um, when people are dominating early. So it pumped the brakes a little bit on chase, but he looks good. And for those that were worried about his success in the NFL, I just want to say he is going to be a successful NFL receiver. He has looked good. And I mean, I know I had him at wide receiver three in our rookie drafts and that by no means does I, do I think that he's bad by, I I, I said that from the get go. I think he's a great wide receiver. 
and he has been very impressive so far. Um, the the catches, I mean, he's he's got a pretty high touchdown rate right now. Uh, I think he's got four touchdowns, eleven catches. So that, but that's kind of what he's known for too, going up and getting the football, being able to beat a guy one on one, the deep threat kind of guy. So I mean, he's doing what he's was supposed to do. And with T. Higgins out now two weeks in a row, I would assume that those targets are going to continue to to grow with T. Higgins out. So we'll see what happens when T. Higgins is back and healthy and they're both getting in, into the swing of things. They both had a really good week one. So I think that's just going to be another good offense, kind of like the Vikings, where they can sustain two, sometimes if it's a pass-heavy game, sometimes three receivers and with a good running back as well. So that's going to be a fun offense to watch. I like Joe Burrow going forward as well. Um, Debo Samuel, Tyler, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm feeling that in the top 12 consistently. I think he benefited from whatever the hell was going on with Ayuk early in the season. Um, Kittle didn't have a good first game. Debo just had an absolutely bomb of a first game too. So I think that helped him propel into the top 12 here. I don't see that sustaining. I don't think that offense can sustain like a top tier wide receiver like that. So Debo Samuel, I think that's, is, is that real or is that going to fade off, you think? You know, and being a Packers fan, I, I did watch that whole game. And they do make it a point to get him the ball. Like he, you know, he in zone coverage, he finds kind of the pockets in the zone. And he's, I mean, he's a very good football player, and we knew this. Does he finish as a wide receiver? One, no. Okay. I was wrong. And I did mention Mike Williams' dark horse. I got to throw it out there too. I also did mention Brandon Ayuk, who I thought Brandon Ayuk, I thought this is what he was going to do. Turns out it was the the wrong guy. Same thing with Woods and Cup. I thought it was going to be Woods. Turns out it's Cup. I don't know what's going on with Ayuk. You know, Debo's good, but is he going to finish his wide receiver one? No, I'm going to end it at that. What is going on with Brandon Ayuk? You know, we, we talked about it week one. We talked about it, you know, would we panic? He is getting dropped in just about every league that I'm in. Very, very tough to watch. Um, you know, high-profile guy and somebody who was highly sought after last year in rookie drafts. What the heck? Is, is it panic time for Ayuk yet, Ryan, or are you not hitting the panic button yet? I think it was encouraging to see him score in week three. Um, I'm going to wait until week five before I completely freaking panic. I want to see what happens this week after, I mean, he scored last week getting a little bit more involved in the offense after week three. So we'll see what goes on in week four. So maybe even this week, if he's still getting like two targets a game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm panicking. Um, not what I foresaw. I thought Ayuk was the best wide receiver on this team. And apparently Shanahan sees otherwise. And I don't know if it has to do with that hamstring injury and they're just really making him freaking earn it to get back because it's just mind-boggling after what he did last year. I mean, he had a, like a 900-yard rookie season. That's huge. And, and, and a handful of touchdowns. It just is weird to me. And he looks so dynamic with the ball in his hands. He looked like essentially like Debo Samuel. They're very similar players. They're good with the ball in their hands. They can find the gaps, decent route runners. It's just weird what they're doing with Ayuk right now. So I think after this week, I'm going to change my statement. After week four, I'm going to uh, – be panicking if he's not a little bit more involved at least at least give me like five six targets show the light give me some light at the end of the tunnel any other receivers you want to talk about right before we move on to tight ends 
DJ Moore, heavily involved. Robbie Anderson, not really involved at all. Is that here to stay? I love DJ Moore. He's a young, I, th- I mean, the guy's like, what, 24 years old? Had back-to-back 1,200-yard seasons. Is this his year? Is this going to be the breakout year? I think he's got two games over 100 yards out of three already, being peppered with targets. Robbie Anderson kind of faded off after they re-signed him to two years, which is a little bit weird. But we have Terrace Marshall up and coming as well. Is DJ Moore the guy in Carolina? Is he going to stay in that top 12? I don't know if he stays in the top 12, but he's, he's going to be heavily targeted, and he's going to have the target share of a of wide receiver one. And that's what's important. The Robbie Anderson thing is a huge head scratcher. They sign him back. Marshall, while Marshall has not really the stats that jump off the board, has twice as many catches as Robbie Anderson. Let that sink in. Robbie is not being targeted. I don't know what it is. Um, Darnold's just kind of have a has a rapport with Moore, but you've got to be happy if you're a Moore owner. And does he have potential? Absolutely. I just don't think that. Um, I think he's going to have some off weeks and, and that kind of stuff, and they might feed somebody else. But uh, Moore has will have the target share to finish as a wide receiver one. I just don't think he does. It's interesting to see. Feeling. So, like, this is what I expected last year. And then Robbie Anderson absolutely stole the show. Now we get a new quarterback in there, and how, now, we have, now we have DJ Moore being the star of the show here. So it's just kind of interesting the way that worked out. We're just a, bit, a year late and a quarterback short, apparently. I think I'm good on wide receivers. Otherwise, Keenan Allen, I expect him to be his year-in, year-out, borderline, mid-wide receiver one. And Tyreek Hill's definitely going to get in the wide receiver one category, no doubt in my mind. Moving on to tight ends. Tight end is one of the weirdest positions in all of fantasy football. We know that, right? So just looking at three weeks of data probably isn't best practice, but let's just talk about just some of the outliers here, right? And You know, I'll just read off the top 12 just so you know how ridiculous it is that we're doing this for tight ends. Number one is Travis Kelsey. Number two is Gronk. Number three is TJ Hawkinson. Number four is Darren Waller. Number five is Dalton Schultz. Number six is George Kittle. Seven is Logan Thomas. Eight. Yes, I did say eight, and that is Dawson Knox. Nine is Mark Andrews. Ten is Tyler Conklin. 11 is Noah Font, and 12 is Tyler Higby. Take that for what it's worth, right? The, I mean, the scoring is very, very small numbers minus Kelsey. Kelsey looks solid still. Do with this what you will. Let's just more talk about what has, you know, popped off for you. And for me, it's Kyle Pitts. Uh, it has been a major disappointment. Not only him, the entire Atlanta Falcons offense minus Cordero Patterson has looked like garbage, but what do you make of the tight end position right now? And it's, you know, not even with the top 12, just, I mean, what, just give me your, your thoughts here, right? Cause I, I'm in a blender. <laughs> um, the, 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 anything outside of like the top five tight ends to me, all it takes is a touchdown and you're going to jump like five spots. Like it's one of those positions where, they're all so close. It can go either way any single year. So just out of like knee-jerk reactions after three weeks, I like Kelsey at one. I think Gronk can be a top five tight end this year, the way he's being utilized in his red zone and his touchdown ability. Um, Hawkinson's right where I thought he'd be at three. Wallers in that top five, just like I thought. Schultz, 
I, he could be one of those that gets booted way down. I think Kittle can pull it out to be a top five, six tight end. Um, and then you get this blender, like you said, of Thomas, Knox, Mark Andrews, Conklin, Font, Higby, Goddard, Gesicki, Pitts. Um, those are all going to be week to week. They could jump three, four, five spots. Now, by the end of the year, I expect Pitts to be that, like I, I think I had him at tight end nine, which we way differed on that one as our projections, but I think I had him at tight end nine. I think that's where I see him at still. I see Goddard getting in the top 12. I see Conklin getting out, Knox getting out, Dalton Schultz probably getting out. So I kind of see Gesicki, Goddard, and Pitts getting into that top 12. Other than that, I think that's kind of – you're going to see Andrews there. You're going to see Logan Thomas there, Kittle, Font. All those guys are going to be top 12 tight ends, I think. Gronkowski is kind of the, the – not a surprise, but, I mean, he is – looking pretty darn like vintage Gronk right now just a freaking big freight train with good hands and he can find the end zone so tight end is kind of a crapshoot but that's kind of way I see it shaking out you can be like Tyler Conklin could be tight end six next week we don't freaking know but by the end of the year that's who I see getting out and getting in as far as tight end ones yeah take it with a grain of salt right it it doesn't really matter at this point like you said a touchdown is going to propel you into that top 12 but you're right Gronk has looked great Gronk has really he's just telling everybody why are you drafting tight ends so soon right although for those that did draft Kelsey early you know he's played well for those that drafted Hawk at a decent spot Hawk has looked really good not last week but Hawk was the first two weeks looked fantastic so you're happy if you're TJ Hawkinson owner Uh, but otherwise what does this tell us? It tells us that you need to wait on tight ends and redraft. That's what it's saying because it's a freaking mishmash of guys all over the place here. The one that really, uh, I do want to just dig in. There were higher expectations for John Smith, who's looked like not a very good player and Hunter Henry. They both are just like, I don't know what to make of that situation there. Uh, they're not getting the ball as much. But, you know, Jawan Johnson's up there just with touchdowns alone. So that's how, like, ridiculous this all is, right? One guy that I just feel like his target share is a little bit different than everybody else's on this list who's kind of farther down, have you kind of been paying attention to Max Williams? Another example of potentially waiting on the tight end position. Max Williams, the last couple weeks, has gotten targeted pretty heavily. Uh, He's up kind of on that list. And – if you waited on tight end, you're, you're scooping him up from the free agent list and you're, you're watching what happens and you're maybe starting him week to week. I mean, that's what you got to do with the tight end position. So unless you're getting one of the top tier guys. So that's really all I have to say about the tight ends. Uh, just very disappointed in pits so far. Yeah. I don't really have much to add. <laughs> like I, I kind of stated on it earlier. They could go, it, you could jump six spots in a week with these guys and, I was never huge on John Smith, even back in, in Tennessee when people were always expecting this breakout. I was just I just wasn't there with him. And now that they have two of them in New England with a rookie quarterback and Jacoby Myers getting targeted heavily, I'm just I'm not really thinking either one of those are gonna be top twelve or potentially even top fifteen guys, in in my opinion. I just don't think the volume's gonna be there for him. But that the that's all I got for tight ends, Tyler. So you're telling me when you were just down in Nashville, there wasn't pissed off people running through the streets wanting John Smith back. 
No, I think I, th- <laughs> I think they were all good. Um, they want Anthony Frickshire to to <laughs> to actually play, <laughs> I think, and that would probably be better than than Janu Smith. But yeah, we almost did a pod too. Tyler texted me for all the listeners out there. Tyler texted me on Wednesday night when we always do our pod, and and I think I sent a snap at Nissan Stadium to him, and he goes. Oh, so we're not doing a podcast tonight? And I go, yeah, I'll go live from Nissan. Stadium. <laughs> oh, absolutely, be like a reporter coming out Nissan Stadium live here for Block in the Back. But we couldn't quite get it done. I had too many lattes at that point. It would have been just a freaking mess. So, um, but yeah, that that's all I got, Tyler. That was a that was a fun episode to kind of discuss who's who's fake, who's not, who's here to stay. What are the surprises? It was a it was a fun one. Ryan in too many lattes. That's a phrase that uh, you don't hear often because he never turns them down. But as always, fun chatting with you, Ryan. And I, you know, hold on. You know, it's hard to say don't panic because I'm panicking in one dynasty league right now. But really just there's an extra game on the schedule this year too. let it play out here for a couple weeks that Ryan has had to talk me out of not selling my team already. And Ryan's just like, just relax. You know, if week eight, nine comes around and you're not having the results that you see, maybe start shipping, but uh, otherwise just hold tight. You bring up a good, you bring up a good point. That's what, that's what I mean. Like when these bye weeks hit, that's where you separate the men from the boys. Like who has that deep championship run ready fantasy football team. Those are going to be the ones that win through these bye weeks. You're going to see these 3-0, 4-0 teams. They're going to lose four or five straight because they're going to have to start Kenny Gainwell in week six and have him get two points off of two catches and zero. Like, you have to wait through some of these bye weeks and not panic through this. Let these if, – if there's a team that's not that good in your league and you know, like, they're not very deep, they've had a couple boom weeks, they're 3-0 and go try to sell them somebody stupid for a first round pick. Go try to sell somebody for way too high, thinking that they're a contender, the fake contender syndrome, and go take advantage of those players because they obviously aren't self-aware of their team. They're not being realistic. They see that 3-0 and and they just think they can do it, and then all of a sudden they're going to lose five straight once the bye week hit. So relax, pump the brakes, let the bye week start to play out a little bit. If you have trading deadlines in your league, wait until like the last week when people really want to make that push, you shouldn't have trade deadlines in dynasty leagues, by the way. But if you do wait until like that last week, people are going to really start to make that push then for that championship and and see where your team's at from there. Good stuff as always, Rye. And uh, good luck in week four, everybody. Keep dominating those leagues. And thank you for tuning in to Block in the Back. Thank you for listening to Block in the Back Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Dynasty Fantasy Football related. If you liked what you heard today, hit that subscribe button, tell all your friends about us, and then hop on Twitter and give us a follow at Dynasty Block. Thank you, and remember, you are listening to Block in the Back.